0: Welcome to the anointed and transformational teaching ministry of Pastor Wale Kinshiku, Senior Pastor of House of Praise Mississauga, Canada, a parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. It is our prayer that as you listen to this message that you will be empowered to achieve your dreams and fulfill your destiny. God bless you as you listen. Let's go quickly into the word. My assignment this morning is very simple, very straightforward is to teach the word, concerning the word we've been hearing in this house, concerning revival. Praise the name of Jesus. Revival cannot happen without prayer. There is no way you're going to have a revival if we don't pray. And so we have been given an assignment in this house to win 100,000 souls in the next couple of years. How are we gonna do that we need the help of the Holy Spirit we need prayers we need God to guide us but you know one thing before God gives you a mandate he has already finished it what is our own today is God's past he's already done it so the hundred thousand souls that you and I are gonna win into the kingdom is not something that will be difficult to do because it shall be very easy in the name of Jesus. The grace and the capability He has given each and every one of us. And so today we are gonna talk about a, an aspect of that revival and it's about prayer. We have had so many things about prayer. We know how to pray. Sometimes we feel that we know how to pray. But when we pray and there's no result, then we move back a bit and we think what's going on here. Prayer is a very complex and intricate thing. It's the heartbeat of God because with only true prayers that you can touch the heavenly realms. But I want to submit to you that Christians are not the only ones that pray. Buddhists pray. In Islam, they even pray five times a day. So there's nothing new about just saying, I pray. What makes the difference is who you are praying to. What makes the difference? is that you are praying to the Bible faith God, the creator of heaven and earth. And so today we're going to talk shortly, very, not too long, about prayer. And the title for this message is Acts and You Shall Receive. And I believe very strongly For everyone that opens their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, there is nothing that you will ask of him that you will not receive. So far, it is according to his will. That's the caveat. But will you receive? Yes, you will receive. So far, it is according to his will. And so I pray for you today that every petition... Every prayer point that you will bring before God Almighty, it is answered already. In the name of Jesus, your amen is weak. It is not born again. The main text for today is John 16, 23 to 24. NKJV version. And I'll read. In that day, you will ask me nothing. In that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give you. Verse 24. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Father, bless your holy word. Jehovah God, give me utterance. Give me boldness. Father, Lord, open our ears to hear you clearly. Father, for everyone under the authority of my voice, watching online, everyone will have something to take out. In the name of Jesus. You are the God that fed the 5,000 and everybody had more than enough. Jehovah God, I pray that every person will have more than enough in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Everlasting Father. The act of prayer in itself is not powerful. What do I mean by that? Only effective prayer is powerful. And so because of that, we must seek spiritual understanding at every junction about how to pray effectively. Like I said to you, there are many religions that pray. Some even pray five times daily. But only the Bible-based, faith-filled prayers that get the attention of God there's only one way to Jehovah and that one way is the Lord Jesus Christ in the gospel Jesus taught his disciples to pray several times not on one occasion, not on two occasions but several occasions there was prayer in and out of the gospel and even at one point the disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ went to Jesus because they saw other people praying. They saw John praying, they saw the Pharisees praying. And so they went up to Jesus and said, Please teach us how to pray. Please don't assume that you know what I'm about to see. I'm begging you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said to him, He said, Teach us how to pray. Like John taught his disciples. And so Jesus taught them the model prayer in Luke 11, verse 1 to 4. I found something very interesting about the model prayer. The model prayer, I found out, I'm not going to read through it. You know what the model prayer is our Father who art in heaven, and all that stuff. The model prayer at that time, the disciples were coming from the Mosaic law. Jesus had not gone on the cross. And so there was an, a gap between Jesus going to the cross and what they knew concerning the Mosaic law. Just stay with me. I need to explain this to you. In between that, when they asked Jesus, teach us to pray, he gave them the model prayer. But when he was about to go, to leave in John 16, he gave them the prayer. Whatever you ask in my name, That was the first time he told them, it has to be in my name. In John 14, when he spoke to them, he said to them that they should pray. That when they pray, John 14, um, okay, I'll get to that. But in John 14, John 15, he told them different things about prayer. But it was in John sixteen that he said to them, "Whatever you ask the Father in my name, it will give you." Before then, the model prayer it was not; it did not put in his name. I want to submit to you this morning that the model prayer was a mosaic prayer. This prayer in my name, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, is the believer's prayer. You and I. And I'll prove it to you. Praise the name of Jesus. Church is interesting. Church people are even more interesting. It said, teach me to pray. Teach us to pray. Another thing that the disciples realized... Because at that time, when they said, teach us to pray, they did not know. They felt that the model prayer was the only way to pray. We'll get to that point. But what they were looking for that was most important and uppermost on their mind was that they were looking for power. They were looking for power. They knew that at every point when you pray, power is made available. And when you add fasting to it, Power is made available. So the question then, let me go into the meat of this message. What is effective prayer? Effective prayer is you navigating the legal path that God has opened up to a victorious life. Effective prayer is a legal invitation to the God of heaven to intervene in the affairs of men. James 5, 17 to 18. James 5:17 to 18. It was talking about Elijah, who is a man like us. But James 5:16, effective prayer. Creates an interaction between the realm of the spirit and the physical realm on a legal ground. Anybody that knows their onions can touch the realm of the spirit. You don't have to be a born again Christian to touch the realm of the spirit. We've been taught that in this house severally. But the prayer that God Almighty will answer. It's the one that creates a legal, that word is very important, a legal interaction between the realm of the spirit and the physical realm. It has to be legal. Another definition for effective prayer. Effective prayer is God's authorized system to enforce dominion. If you're writing, write it down. Effective prayer is God's legal system to enforce dominion. In Genesis chapter 1, he told us, he said we should have dominion over everything that is living. But in order to enforce that dominion, you need to know how to pray and pray effectively. Effective prayer is the authorized system to enforce dominion and compliance on the issues of life when the enemy comes in like a flood, it's only effective prayer true effective prayer that you can raise a standard otherwise the enemy is just gonna have a few day and we can see in the body of christ today Satan is having a field day in different areas of believers. Not because we are not praying, but because we are not praying effectively. Praise the name of Jesus. In the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37, and the valley of the dry bones. If you notice, I'm not going to go into it. It's a scripture that you know very well. If you notice that the word that ezekiel spoke was given to him by god but god did not speak that word for him the word god asked him he said this dry bone what do you think do you think it can lead he said no i don't know he said only you know you know the way we christians do god you are the ones that know my God will do everything. No, 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 no. My God will do everything is the cry of an ignorant person. God is able to do everything, but he has given you the dominion, the privilege on this earth to get things done. So my God will do it. I just know this situation has been going on for so long. I have prayed, I have fasted, I have done everything. God will do it when he's ready. Huh? <laughs> That doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't. God will do it is the cry of an ignorant person. Because God is not able to do anything on this earth without your cooperation. He has done it that way intentionally. It's a whole lot of theology right there. He has done it that way because he's not on the same rank with Satan. So if he keeps on doing everything on this earth, Satan will feel he's an unjust God. But God is just. And so he has given you and I the power to have dominion over situations of life. True prayer. Effective prayer. And so when he said to him in Ezekiel 37, he said, can this bone lead? He said, only you, you. Only you know. Then God said to him, prophesy. Ezekiel said, I prophesied as I was told. Praise the name of Jesus. I prophesied as I was commanded, as I was told. What was he told? For Ezekiel. It's probably a word that you heard from God. For you and I is what you are told in your Bible. What did God tell you in the place of prayer? So if you are neglecting the place of prayer, you cannot hear. Because it is only that place, the legal route, where you can hear from God. Yes, we will come to a service like this. And you will hear God. You will hear God. In your dreams, you will hear God. Because if something wants to happen that is not supposed to happen, God will show you. But if he shows you and you stretch this way, you stretch that way and say, Ah, I saw something. Uh, Darling, I had this strange dream. But I know it is well. (laughs) We have been told in this house, It cannot be well until you step out of that bed. And you start day. Satan, take your dirty hands off. And if it's a good dream, it's not going to happen either. Until you step out of that bed and start giving God dance, thanking him. And if it's a bad dream, you have no sleep. Uh, if it's a bad dream, Macbeth has murdered sleep. That's what it is. You're not going to continue to look at life going back and forth. Your children are not aligned to what you believe and you have you've held so dear. Yourself and your wife you're having one fight or the other. It's because there's no the prayer volume in your house is very low. That's what it means. Your husband comes back and he's always sad, he's always angry. There is no prayer volume, effective prayer. We'll get there. Let me go quickly to the principles that govern effective prayer. But just before I go into that, I want to say to you, in order to grow spiritually, because each time we say it in this house, you need to grow You need to grow spiritually. There are four dimensions that you need to be attuned to. There are four. Number one, effective prayer, of course. Number two, a good understanding of the Word of God. Not your own interpretation, but a good understanding of what the Word of God says. Number three, fellowship with God and with man. You cannot fight everybody around you and say it's you and Jesus. It doesn't work that way. Prayer is cut short. Once it's you and Jesus. And you are not loving. you loving, You say you love the Jesus that you cannot see. But you don't love the man that you can see. People can be difficult. But please, I'm begging you. You need to love them because God loves them. And they are made in the image of God. Let me hear an amen. The fourth one is service in the kingdom. Service in the kingdom. We're going to be calling for another set of workers. You need to be a part of it. Nobody is going to beg anybody to serve. There are different ways of serving. People serve with their time. They serve with their money. They serve with different things. But make sure you're serving. Praise the name of Jesus. Principles that govern effective prayer. The Bible says in John 16, which was the beginning before we got to 23, John 16, chapter 1, it says, These things I have spoken to you that you should not stumble. (laughs) Stumble in what? Stumble in prayer. What are the things that He has spoken? If you go to John 15, You will see the things that he has spoken. I'm not going to go into that, but I will tell you a couple of things he has said in John 15. Number one, abide in me. Abide in me. What are the things that he has said? Number two, don't be friends with the world. Don't be friends with the world. The world will hate you. So you cannot be chummy-chummy with the world. The things that the world is doing, you cannot be doing it. The lust of the eye, the lust of flesh, the love, the pride of life. Number three, which is the most important thing, the things he has told you. The Holy Spirit, you need the Holy Spirit, the helper. He says, These things in verse 1, I have I speak to you so that you don't stumble. In TPT translation. It says, so that you don't surrender to confusion and doubt. We have found out that for a lot of us, we surrender to confusion and doubt. A Christian says, Oh, we don't know what God will do. I am not sure about this situation. I don't know whether to be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. What do you mean you don't know? He's an unbeliever. He doesn't go to church. He doesn't know Jesus. You have no business with him or her, as the case may be. So, what do you mean that you don't know? Everything that you need to know, the Bible says, everything that you need for life and godliness, he has, he has provided for you. There is no situation that confronts you part time that you can claim that you don't know. God will be unjust if you say you don't know. Because you can go into your Bible. Sit down, read a portion of your Bible. It doesn't even have to be what is related. You're talking of money, you're asking for, maybe you, you're believing God for funds or something. It doesn't even have to per se relate to it. Read a portion of the scriptures and kickstart your speaking in tongues. Activate your new bath. What are you born again for? What are you born again for? Why are you born again? if everything that would happen to unbelievers will happen to you as well. Even when it happens to you, you have a right to say stop. Enough is enough. You cannot go any further. So Jesus said, don't surrender to confusion or doubt. The question is how? How? How am I not going to surrender to the confusion that is in the world? How am I not going to surrender to the confusion of lack, the confusion of poverty, the confusion of barrenness, the confusion of unemployment? How am I not going to succumb to it? The answer is in John 16 verse 4. It says, I did not say this thing at the beginning because I was with you. But now that I'm living, I know that, this is my translation now. Now that I'm living, I know that you will need power. You need power to be able to dominate those situations and circumstances of life. And so he says, but these things I've told you. That when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning. Why? Because I was with you. So the prayers you were praying in the modal prayer was okay. Because I was with you at that time. Jesus was there physically. So you could afford to pray that. Apart from, you know, some, there's an aspect of it. You could afford to pray that prayer without saying in Jesus' name. That's what I'm saying. Praise the name of Jesus. He said, but I know that you need power. Verse 13 of that John 16. However, you can go home and read 15 and 16. It's a good, good, good discourse. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will do what? There are four things that he will do. He will guide you into all truth. So it's, it's, it's... (sighs) It's unbelievable when a Christian says they don't know what to do. When a Christian says they are confused. When a Christian says, I don't know the next step to take. Where have you dumped, and I'm using that word, dumped the Holy Spirit? Activate the new birth. Where did you put the Holy Spirit? Because this is the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It will guide you into all truth. Even when people conspire against you at work, in your family, in your business, the Holy Spirit will guide you to know the truth. Let your amen sound well. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is there to guide you. Jesus said, when he comes... Is the spirit of truth. Wherever there is darkness, when it shows up, the real truth has to show up. Because whenever there is darkness, when you put on the light, darkness disappears. Darkness and light does not struggle. So the child of God has no business struggling in any shape or form. Whatever it is that you are struggling about today, an end has come to it in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that is giving you perpetual trouble, an end has come to it today. You bear the mark of Christ. And so no demon can touch you in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of truth. He will guide you. Into all truth. What else will he do? He says he will not speak of his own accord. He will not speak of his own authority. He will only speak what he hears from the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever he hears, he will speak. You know the one I like the most? He will tell you things to come. If we spend time in the place of prayer effective prayer. You will know things to come. It's not the Monday morning when you show up at work and they say, oh, sorry Jane, Um, can I see you in the HR room or in the office? That's the first time that you will know that this job is about to end. (laughs) You should not be. As they are planning and plotting Your father in heaven, who knows all things, who sees all man, who has all men under his control. He will give you a sneak peek. Something is about to happen. Be prepared. Because the Holy Spirit is in you. My brothers and sisters, activate the new birth. You are not born again to just come and sit on the pew. You are born again to dominate situations and circumstances of life. angry enough and tell yourself enough is enough the Bible said in, in the book of Exodus, it said you have gone around this mountain for too long it's now time to turn you need to get to that point enough is enough concerning the situation I need a solution and I need a solution fast the only way you are going to get solution is effective prayer I'm not going to go into how you need to pray you know that, okay? But we need to get into the meat of what is needed. Praise the name of Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is the number one thing that you need. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's as real as every one of us in here. And so you can talk to him. Holy Spirit, what do I do concerning this situation? What do I do concerning this code that I have to do at work. This process management, I don't really understand what is going on. Holy Spirit, what do I need to do? And then you kickstart it. You speak in tongues. But if you're you're speaking in tongues, it's just... Oh, you don't even speak at all for 20 years that you've been born again it's still Satan is not afraid of that one he's not afraid but when he hears you in your closet he said what's going on here He doesn't know what is going on. He has no clue what you are saying, but he's afraid. Like some of us that are sleeping now, you woke up. (laughs) Praise the name of Jesus! (laughs) The Holy Spirit will kickstart you, but you have to kickstart it by speaking in tongues. You have so little of the word, natural words, that you can speak. I'm not sure what the quota is. For a man, it's lower. I think 3,000 or something per day. I think for a woman, something. Maybe 20,000. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. So you're going to divide how to speak that word, right? For a man, you have 3,000. You have to speak to your wife. And if it's a demanding wife, uh-huh, uh uh-huh. uh-huh. okay, or a demanding husband, Abi, they come here every Sunday to tell you a demanding wife, so it's my turn now. Hallelujah. So if it's a demanding husband, I don't understand. Why are you laughing? I'm not mentioning names, neither am I saying anything. I'm giving an illustration. If it's a demanding husband, and you have to talk, you have to pray, and you have to pray in the morning, pray in the afternoon, pray at night, you say that my words are gone. I have to find another way of devising these words, which is by speaking in tongues. You get it, women? It will tell you things to come. Things should just not happen to you anyhow. No, 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 no. That's not the way it should be. The next thing that you need is to ask in the name of Jesus. That is the important, important. The Holy Spirit, and don't get me wrong, this is not... The only list. There are, there's faith, there's fasting, there's all that. But I'm just concentrating on these two. Ask in the name of Jesus. There are two ways to ask in the name of Jesus. You ask in the name of Jesus to enforce your dominion. To enforce compliance. In the name of Jesus. The first part is when you ask the Father in petition... In need, like you have a need and you say, Father Lord, this is my need. I need you to meet it. John 14, 13 that I was telling you, us earlier on is the one that is speaking to the enemy. John 16, 23 to 24 is the prayer that you pray when you ask in Petition. When you ask in petition, the Bible says in that John 16, 23 again, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give you. If you go to verse 26 of that John 16, it says in that day, you will ask in my name, and I I do not say to you that I will pray the Father. No. No. That's not what I'm saying. 27. Because the Father himself, he loves you. And because you have loved him, loved Jesus, and have believed that I came from him, the Father loves you and is ready to give you anything that you want. That is in the prayer of petition. But there's another, it's a double sword. There's another side to that. Because if you're praying prayer of petition, only... You will not go anywhere far. In the book of Daniel, it took three weeks for Daniel to get what he had petitioned from God. He had already prayed about it. God has answered, but the the, the priest of Persia, the prince of Persia, held to held on to it. And so if you're praying just the prayer of petition, you, you're not gonna go far. Because God has answered you before you even asked. Praise the name of Jesus. Before you ask, God has answered you. But you need to pray the prayer of Satan, get your hands off that which belongs to me. You need to pray that prayer. That is the prayer of John 14, 13. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do that the Father may be glorified. What are you asking in his name? You are asking Satan. Take your hands off my health. Take your hands off my children. Take your hands off my money. Take your hands off my finances. John 14, 13. You are commanding Satan to take his hands off. But when you are praying the prayer of petition, John 16, 23 to 24, the Bible says in that day you will ask nothing. Assuredly I say, whatever you ask the Father, Name. That is the prayer of petition. But there's one thing I need to say, and I'm going to say that very quickly. And that thing I'm going to say is that, and Auntie, Auntie Anne did a fantastic job on Friday alluding to that. She did a wonderful job of teaching about worship. Between the, the prayer of petition, And the prayer of warfare. There's a bridge. That bridge is worship. You need a balance. Especially African, Caribbean, um, Christians. We don't have that balance. The Caucasians, those ones are on this side. Worship, 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 worship. The African-led church. Warfare, 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 warfare. There is demon under the table. Satan in bread. You want to eat. Father, in the name of Jesus, bless this food. I cast out the spirit. That means your wife is a witch. Because she's the one that cooked it. That's what it means. Because I don't understand what demon you are casting out of. Eating is fellowship. So how come you are casting out demon? But, but that's the way human beings, that's the way we are. Caucasians are on this side. All they want to do is worship. The African-led church, we are on this side. All we want to do is cast out the devil. You need a balance. If, you, if you've not listened to that Antian tape... That she did on Friday, please go back It's worship You need to worship God Worship is the balance The Bible says in the book of James 4, 7 It says submit to God Almighty It's only when you submit to God In the place of worship That's when you can resist the devil If you're not ready to submit And submit to God does not mean um, God Because you cannot see God you are unruly in your workplace. Unruly in church. You are not submitting. You are unruly if you are married. You are not submitting to your husband. How can you resist the devil? And so, because of that, what you've been praying for for a thousand years is still standing. Because Satan knows that until you submit, what you are praying for cannot materialize. Submit to God, submit to authority. And then you have the anointing, the grace to resist the enemy, and he flees. Praise the name of Jesus. And so we need to have that balance. That's the difference between John 14:13, which is warfare, and John 16:23 to 24, which is petition. Just before Jesus died was when John 16, 23 to 24, just before he died, just before he went into hell, he took the keys from Satan. He took our place. He took your place. Then he resurrected and is now seated at the right hand of God the Father. Jesus changed the way the disciples were praying in John sixteen twenty three. He said to them, the modal prayer is good. But you need to pray in the name of Jesus as I'm going. The reason why you were praying the modal prayer and it was okay is because, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong in the modal prayer. The modal prayer is good. But without the name of Jesus, just reciting the modal prayer is a waste of time. So, um, um, um I'm only Jesus, two at my side, angels, two at my side, three at my side, and four at my side, and you put your Bible, you put it under your pillow to sleep. They will deal with you. (laughs) You put it under your pillow to sleep. Who cares? You don't know what is inside. You don't have a scripture. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you must have a scripture that God will raise in you as a standard. Praise the name of Jesus. So he changed the way they prayed. He said, now you have to pray in the name of Jesus. Follow that format. In the modal prayer, but in the name of Jesus. So what does in that day, John 16, 23, what does in that day, what does he mean? In that day, it's not a Sunday, not a Friday, not a, you know, Mother, Mother Day Sunday. That's not what he means. What he means by in that day, when he was speaking to the disciples, And listen to me very, very carefully. What he meant when he was speaking to the disciples, when he said in that day, what he meant was that in the day that you come to the full understanding of your redemptive rights. In the day that you come to the full understanding of your redemptive right, you understand your inheritance, you understand your identity in Christ, in that day, it's only in that day that whatever you ask in my name, I will give it to you. Because now, you are not asking as a rookie. You understand the book of Ephesians, you understand the book of Colossians, you understand who you are in Christ, you understand that Ephesians 1 3 says that blessed is the father that has given you that has given you every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You understand that. You understand Ephesians 1, um, 19 to 20. You understand it, Ephesians one19 You understand the exceeding greatness of his power towards you as you believe. You understand that according to the mighty power that is working in you, is that same power that is worked in Christ when he was raised from the dead. You understand that that power is not just residing in the bye-bye. It is... And you understand that in order to bring it out, Baba. In order to bring it out, you understand. That you will speak to that mountain. Mark eleven twenty-two to 24. You will speak to that mountain and it will leave. Because confusion and doubt, John 16:1 is no longer yours. So in that day, it's not an ordinary day. It's a day that you understand what the word of God says. It's a day that you understand your healing. That Isaiah 53 is real. It's a day that you understand that Matthew 8, 17, he himself took himself took is taking it with him it's no longer there he himself took your infirmities he took your sickness so it's no longer there you understand that before Satan disease on you, before Satan put that infirmity on you, Jesus had taken it. If Jesus has taken it, it doesn't matter what you are feeling in your body. The activation of what Jesus has done. He himself took our infirmities and sickness the activation of what Jesus has done has to be done with your mouth the Bible says I will give you a mouth that the enemy cannot gain if he has taken it and Satan brings it on my body I said no <laughs> Wrong address But you know, you know Where we fail as Christians When it comes Ah, uh, Father Where did this one come from now I prayed I fasted I believed God I did um, fasting without bathing And without you know mm-hmm. I did everything I did no armpits that's does Pastor Wale put it now? No armpits, no rolling of hands, no, you know, everything. So where is this coming from? I don't understand. Where is this coming from? Sister, brother, the Bible says weeping may endure for a night. Please don't let it go more than a night. Oh. You are not listening. I've been there. <laughs> I have been there. My husband has been there. I have stood on this pulpit and I've preached to you. You had no clue. So what I'm telling you, I'm not telling you, I'm not talking gibberish. No. It will come. Right? Isaiah 54, 17. What does it say? No weapon fashioned against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises in judgment, what does it say? I will condemn. But they it will, it will come. He says surely they will gather. So leave that one alone. You go to the hospital, they said there's something in your, in your boobs, um, um, a lump. Ah, ah. We are. No, Satan, wrong address. Don't get me wrong. You will go through the process that you need to go through. But you are casting that thing. Why? Why? Because you know Matthew 8, 17. He himself took... If he has taken it, he's no longer there. So what I'm seeing is a mirage. You know what a mirage is? Do you know what a mirage is? When you're driving in my husband's, towards my husband's hometown. You don't know where that is. So. But if you're driving towards his hometown, the road, you'll see the road, but as you get closer, it's like there's a pool of water. As you get closer, there's no water there anymore. Yeah, but... Because I've not seen it here. <laughs> it's a mirage. Brothers and sisters. Those things are there in your body, but it has no right to be there. And if something has no right to be there, let's say you have a pet. I'm talking to predominantly, we don't do pets, right? (laughs) We don't do pets. That's not a good, um... okay, just flow with me. Imagine you have a pet, you have a dog, and the dog is not allowed inside the house. And the dog decides that it's inside the house that he wants to sit. What do you do? You chase it out. That is the way sickness is in our body. It is alien. It's not supposed to be inside the house. Right? You chase it out. So it's not for you to cry. Weeping may endure for a night. Don't let it go more than a night. The next time you are walking in your living room and say, Satan, not here. Not here. Not this body. This body is the temple of the living God. God lives in this body. You cannot stay in this body Out in the name of Jesus As you are doing that You are going through the process Because we are at different level Of faith So go through the process But don't go through the process Blindly Praise the name of Jesus Have an understanding So this one that you are a Christian You are not reading your Bible You are not praying It is dangerous Dangerous because we are in end times. Oh, before I take care of the children, before I take them to work, before my work, and you're not reading your Bible, you're not praying. Don't be a prey to Satan. You will not be a prayer in the name of Jesus. Before Satan put the disease on you, I need you to understand Jesus already took your infirmities. And so an example of that, you know, I was telling you that the model prayer and this new prayer that is teaching them, the prayer that in that day, you need to understand your redemptive right. The disciples, when Jesus had gone, were now faced with a circumstance like that. In the book of Acts chapter 3, they were faced with that situation. The disciples encountered in that day. The day that they were sure of their redemptive rights, the day they needed to exercise dominion, they got to the beautiful gate, and at the beautiful gate they they saw this man. Everything about the man around the man was beautiful except him. The man was lame; he was carried daily to the beautiful gate. And so in the book of Acts, chapter 6, chapter 5, he asked them for arms. The disciple at that time wanted to test run the power of the Holy Spirit and the name of Jesus. Remember that those were the two things that Jesus told them. They needed to to, to test run it. They said, silver and gold, I don't have. We don't have it. But what do we have? What we have, we will give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. Immediately. What they had learned, their redemptive right, the understanding that they have of their redemptive right became very clear to them. And that man was instantly healed. The dynamics of manifestation only come to you like it came to the disciples. Number one, when you please God. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 22, that word again, whatever we ask, we receive from him. Whatever, but you need to please him. First John three twenty two, Whatever we ask, we receive from him. Why? Because we keep his commandments. And secondly, because we do things that are pleasing in his sight. The question to you, brothers and sisters, is what are you doing that is not pleasing to the sight of God? We come in day in, day out. Your fellow person sitting next to you doesn't know what you are doing or what you don't do. But God Almighty does. The dynamics of your manifestation in the place of effective prayer will only take place when you please God. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. The next thing it's first John 5:14 to 15. Have confidence in God. The disciples were able to say, Silver and gold, we don't have, but this one thing we have is the name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. They had complete confidence in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, This is the confidence that we have. This is the confidence that we have. Whatever we ask in the place of prayer, effective prayer, according to his will, he hears us. So you don't stand up from the place of prayer and start doubting when situations of life face you. You speak to the circumstance because you have prayed. You don't now start doubting and say, ah, But I prayed. How come it's not? No! You know that if it's not going according to your prayer, it is Satan. And so you rebuke the enemy. You submit to God Almighty and you resist Satan. So I'm just going to give us two practical steps for you to get your desire as you pray effectively. The Bible says that the effectual, effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, he avails much. The effectual, fervent, effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Because God will not hear sinners. And if you are born again, spirit-filled, you no longer dwell in that realm of sin. Sin is alien to you because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Practical steps to make sure that as you pray effectively, your desire is delivered into your hands. Number one, be spiritually active. What does that mean? The Bible says in the book of Ephesians three sixteen, it says to be strengthened, paraphrase, to be strengthened with might in your inner man. Be spiritually active. Be strengthened with might in your inner mind. Supernatural strength in your inner being with divine might and explosive power. It brings about a change. I will say that again. That is Jude 1.20. Building yourself up in the most holy faith. Supernatural strength in your inner being With divine might and explosive power, it leads to the desire of your heart. And this can only be accomplished by you speaking in tongues. By praying in the Holy Spirit. By praying, taking time to fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. In order for you to have that which you are believing God for. In the place of effective prayer in order for you to know that what you have asked from God, it will surely happen. Number one, you need to be spiritually active. The Holy Spirit saw that you were not active. (laughs) Because you wanted to bolt out just now when you had that. (laughs) Be spiritually active. Praise the name of Jesus. Jesus. The second thing, be convinced in your heart, true faith, that what you have prayed for, it is done. Remember, before you started praying here on earth, God had finished the work already. It's just for you to have that faith to walk into the manifestation. And that is based on verse 17 of Ephesians 3. That Christ may dwell in your heart, true faith that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. Be convinced in your heart that faith that you have in the place of prayer will get you your desired result. How do you get this faith? Quickly, number one, gather the relevant scriptures that will deliver your desire. Number two, the scriptures you have gathered, meditate on it. Meditation is the only thing that births faith. Reciting and confessing scripture does not bad faith. I've been at this thing for some years. It doesn't bad faith. The only thing that bad faith is when you take the scripture and you sit down with it and you meditate. You think about it. You ponder. Meditate on the scripture that you have gathered. That is how you will get faith. The next thing. Number three. The Bible says in Romans 8, 31 and 32, if you continue in my word, you'll be my disciple indeed. You will know the truth. When you meditate, when you meditate on the word of God, you will know the truth. And the truth that you know, it will set you free. Remember, it's your responsibility to gather the relevant scriptures. I don't know what you are believing God for. But whatever you are believing God for, as you have heard concerning effective prayer, you need the Holy Spirit and you need the name of Jesus to be able to stop the onslaught of Satan. In the verse 20 of that Ephesians 3, as you go on this journey, expect God to answer your prayers. Don't just think, oh, you know, I've prayed. Prayer is not a, it's not routine. What you have prayed for, be confident he has had you. And so when thoughts come, push it back and say, no, this is what my God says. And that's why we say, when you are believing God for something, the question you are asked is what scripture are you holding on to? Without you having a scripture to hold on to, it's fallacy. It's a waste of time. Confession does not do it. Is meditation, prayers that does it. Confession has its place. And the God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond anything you can think or even ask for, according to the power. (laughs) So what you get or you don't get is according to the power that works in you. So if I were you, if things are not going right, what do you need to do? Up to your power. Up to your power in the place of effective prayer. Because God is only able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask or think, according to the level of Holy Spirit that works in you. For some of us, Holy Spirit is so dormant, it's unbelievable according to the power that works in us and i believe very strongly that god will make a way for you i said god will make a way for you there will be no shame in your life in the name of jesus in the name that is above every name you will not fail you will not be disappointed god is able to do exceedingly abundantly far beyond anything you can think or even ask for according to the power that works in you no more confusion no more doubts in your life your prayer altar the fire on your prayer altar will not go down whatever situation you have being faced with it will end in your favor It will not end in shame. Let your amen be resounding. You will not be put to shame. You will not be put to shame. You will not be be laughed at. Because he that sits in heaven, he laughs. Why do the nation rage? Why do they plot plot vain things concerning my children? The God that you serve, your Father, is sits in heaven and is laughing. Because the end of that matter shall be glorious in the name of Jesus. I don't know what the matter is, but the end of that matter shall be glorious. You will laugh last. I said you will laugh last. You will give back to an Isaac. Laughter will be your portion. It will not end in shame. It will not end in shame. It will not end in shame. shame. I will celebrate with you. This month, I will celebrate with you. This week, you will have something to celebrate. I said this week, you will have something to celebrate. This is the end of the message. We are sure that you have been blessed. For more information, please visit our website at www.houseofpraise.ca. God bless you.